Although we both identify as Roman Catholic, our aim is not to convert or convince. We have no official affiliation with any religious body and present here only our own interpretations and opinions of these stories. We understand and expect that some listeners may not have spiritual belief in certain aspects of these events, but we hope you find value in them as historical narratives which are inextricably tied to the times, places, cultures, and spiritual beliefs of the people who lived and retold them. Due to age and variable documentation practices, we cannot guarantee the historical accuracy of these stories. Hi, and welcome to A Martyr and a Monk. That's Victoria. And that's Christina. Uh, today, we're going to do just kind of a nice man. Woo! Um, while I was researching this nice man, I realized that this is the third or fourth saint in a row who is from Italy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Whoops. Our yeah. bad. Sorry. Was, sorry. <laughs> sorry about the lack of diversity. We will do better next time. I didn't realize that until I was like three quarters of the way through this research, and then it was too late. And then you're like, eh. Yep. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so I picked this guy because I thought it would be so many of the saints we do are like really old, old timey saints. They've been saints for hundreds or thousands of years. So right. I thought I'd have a look at who the newest saint is Ooh. and do them. Mm. So this person is Wait, the person newest, newest most is recently when they existed? M- most or recently most... made a saint. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, So this is the most recent person canonized by the Vatican. Mm. Um, He was canonized at the end of 2022. Uh, Oddly, there were no canonizations in 2023, I don't think. I was going to say. I was like, that's... Just surprising. Curious, Um, I guess. It seems like they did a bunch of beati, but no saints, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe saints don't happen as often as I think they should. Yeah. Uh, But so, yeah, this is the last person to be canonized. His name is Artemides Zaddy, I think. Sounds like an old person. Yeah. So, Mr. Zaddy, he was born in uh, Italy in a town called Reggio Emilia, Mm. which is in, like, north-central Italy. It's about 250 miles north of Rome, uh, which is about 400 kilometers. Uh, He was born on October 12th in 1880. Oh, okay. So not as old as I thought. All no, right. not super old. Um, his good. parents were Luigi and Albina. Don't know anything else about them. Um, we know that he Solid was one names. of eight kids. Oh, uh, there were four boys and four girls, uh, oh. but we don't know like what order they were born in. So I don't know if he was like the oldest or the youngest or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just know that he's one of eight. Okay. Uh, so he spends his early life in Italy in this little town. Um, and he, you know, he goes to school and does normal kid stuff. He eventually ends up dropping out of school when he's nine, um, Mm -hmm. to sort of get a job and help his family pay the bills. Okay. Uh, and eventually his parents decide that this situation that they're in where their kids have to drop out of school at age nine in order to work, uh, is maybe not great. So they decide, yeah, (laughs) they decide that they're going to emigrate, um, try to find a better life uh, somewhere okay. else. And they decide that they're going to move to Argentina. Oh, 
there's a yep. choice. Yep. Uh, they choose Argentina because I guess somebody, some relatives already live there. So they're like, oh, okay, we'll have a support system, right? So that's that's how they pick Argentina. All right. Um, so they, you know, they get on a boat and it takes them a month probably yeah. <laughs> to sail to Argentina. They land in Buenos Aires in February of 1897 um, when Artemides is 16. 1897. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, so wow. he's 16 when they arrive okay. in Argentina. Um, they land in Buenos Aires, but they actually like settle in a town called Bahia Blanca, uh, which is a coastal town. It's about f- 400 miles south of Buenos Aires, but it's still on okay. the coast. Okay. It's just like kind of in the middle of Argentina on the yeah. Atlantic coast. Uh, while they're in Argentina, when he's you know a teenager, he kind of just like works random odd jobs that a teenager can get in 1897 uh so he works for a hotel in a while he works in various factories he just kind of like bops about doing teenage job stuff sounds about right uh, all right yep <laughs> that's really all they know about like his family you don't know anything about what happens to his parents or his siblings after that okay um just know that they're in argentina now so makes sense yep I guess. So he's bouncing around in bahia blanca doing teenager stuff um, and he meets a priest who seem the priest thinks that Artemides has like the personality for the priesthood and like feels that this is something that he would be good at and is called to do. Okay. And so this priest, uh, his name is Carlos Cavalli and he is like encouraging Artemides to look into the priesthood or like the religious life and like look into joining a, a congregation as a novice, right? Okay. Uh, and Artemides, I guess, thinks that this is a good idea. Like, he also is feeling, like, kind of drawn to the priesthood or a religious life. Uh, okay. So in April of 1900, when he is 19 years old, he joins the Salesians of Don Basco as a novitiate. Hmm. Uh, Was so 1900 a uh, leap year? No. Okay. Because... Leap years are in years that are divisible by four, except yeah. for century years, except oh. for century years that are divisible by f- 10 or something like that. Oh my God. So like okay. 1900 and 2000 are both century years, so they're not yeah. leap years. Okay. Except that that takes sometimes. out too many leap years and they have to add one back sometimes. So 2000, like the year okay. 1000 and the year 2000 were leap years. Oh. Even though 1700, 1800, 1900 were not leap years. Oh. Or something like that. All right. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so 1900. Okay. It's April. He joins the Salesians of Don Bosco. Uh, yeah. This is a relatively new congregation. It was founded in 1859. So just about five oh, wow. years before this. Um, it was originally founded in Italy, in Turin, I think, huh. of Shroud fame. Yes. <laughs> um, and it was specifically set up to, like, serve the youth, like, specifically male, young male migrants who are huh. moving around a lot dur- due to the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. You've got, like, unattached young people, Men. like, floating around and moving Maybe to new countries and, like, no support system, that kind of thing, you know? Yes. Yeah. So that's what this uh, congregation is like trying to help with. You know, they have services and language schools and, you know, stuff to help these kinds of, you know, community list migrant right. youth workers. 
Uh, they also have a sister organization, which does the same thing for young women. Okay. Um, the sister organization is called the Salesian Sisters of Don Bosco. Okay. Uh, so that's what these Makes people's sense. whole thing is. Uh, and they have a congregation in this area in Bahia Blanca, which I believe has been there for about 10 years by the time Artemides joins. Hasn't been there like a super long time. Okay. Um, but again, the whole order is only 40 years old or something. Not. So they got yeah. to the new order pretty quick. <laughs> new world pretty yes. quick. Yes. They did. Well, yeah. I guess, I mean, it makes sense is that was their entire purpose. So. Yeah. There's like the, exactly this kind of young yeah. people moving Should around looking for else. a better life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he enrolls as a novice in 1900. Uh, he left school when he was nine. So he right. really struggles with the like workload of the classes and the study and stuff right. required yeah, yeah. because okay. like he can't read very well. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have like a cultural linguistic literary background, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Is Argentina speaking Spanish or Portuguese? Spanish. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's least... also a problem. He also doesn't speak Spanish. Uh, he right. has to teach himself Spanish. That, I was going to say, he speaks Italian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, not only remember, does he not read yeah. Italian very well, he probably doesn't read Spanish very well. <laughs> he probably doesn't read Spanish at all. Yeah. Right. Um, but I kind of get, get the impression that most of the priests in this order are Italian because they only oh, just right. set this up. So, like, they came over from Italy to set this up, right. you know? So at the very least, those guys probably speak Italian and Spanish. Yeah, probably. So... Uh, yeah, so he he's like real str- really struggling with the study and the workload. Like he just can't yeah. keep up with the academic work. Right. Um, and eventually he kind of shifts sideways. He originally planned to go in as a priest, right? He's going to join yeah. the priesthood. Um, and eventually he sort of shifts sideways and is going to be a like a secular brother instead because the study's not as right, not as strenuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Like uh, that's like a lay, lay. Yeah, like a lay brother. brother. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. Uh, okay. So during his time as a novice, um, he uh, sort of like gets into helping with medical care um, for the congregation and for members of like the wider community. Okay. Um, so he spends a lot of his time like, you know, helping the sick, providing nursing services, you know, doing that kind of stuff, helping the doctors. Yeah. Uh, in 1901, he contracts tuberculosis from one of the patients. Ah! Yep, bummer. That's not good. And yeah, it's not good. Uh, and he, you know, he gets really sick, and he eventually moves to a town called Viedma, I think. Okay. Um, so Viedma is about 175 miles south of Bahia Blanca, so like five six hundred miles south of Buenos Aires. They just keep going further and further down um, towards the t- tip of South America. Is there? Is this before or after a cure for tuberculosis? Uh, probably before. Uh, yeah, it's it not up. good. It's not good to have tuberculosis. Um, some sources said that Viedma is a Andes town, like it's up in the mountains. Except uh-huh. I don't think, don't know that the Andes are on this side of the continent. So that does not make sense to me. But maybe it's a different mountain chain. Don't know. Um, but it's supposed to okay. be like a healthier environment to recuperate right. in. You yeah, know? yeah. That's why they sent people to like the Rockies too. Yep. In the US. Uh, yeah, so it he says goes... uh, the main one, like the first one was in 44, 1944. Yeah. And then they get better in 52 in the 70s. So, yep. so he's not doing great. 50 years before that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so he's in Viedma now. Okay. Um, he, you know, he's pretty sick. He gets sicker and sicker. And tuberculosis is one of these diseases where you could have it for years and years and just like get worse and worse and worse and worse, but yeah. not actually die. 
um, it's like so the he, wasting. Yeah, it's like wasting. Yeah. So he is like getting sicker and sicker. He moves to Viedma in 1901, um, and he doesn't recover from tuberculosis until I believe 1903. The fact that he recovers um, at all, though, is yes, he does recover, uh, okay. and he credits his recovery to the Virgin Mary. He says right. that when he was sick. Uh, he prayed to her and promised that if she helped him get better, he would like dedicate his life to care of the sick. Okay, um, so he gets better. Pretty gets good. Uh, pretty good trade. Yep. Um, so he, you know, he's just ministering to various people as during his novitiate. He, you know, treats various uh-huh. people. An interesting note is that one of the people he treats is this person named Seferino Namankura. Okay, who was a. <sighs> Like a, she's a, she's a, he is an indigenous person. He's of d- indigenous descent, indigenous South American. Okay, and he is like a child prodigy. Oh. Like really young, he gets pulled into the priesthood and like is kind of viewed as like a theolo- theological, not a genius, but like really, really has an aptitude for this kind of thing. And okay, he he's <laughs> even sent to study in Rome. Before oh. he's even an adult, like as a child, he's sent to study in Rome, and like the people in this area like really revere him. Um, he so, eventually dies of tuberculosis. So, oh. our man Artemides is like one of his doctors. Okay, um, so he's caring for him. Okay, yep. How old uh, is the kid now, he, or pers- is it maybe he he's dies? Not a kid I don't know how old he was when he was being treated by Artemides, but he died okay. when he was eighteen. So, okay, so yeah, like yeah, a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, so eventually, Artemides gets over his tuberculosis. He's just in Viedma now, because um, that's where yeah. he went to recover. He never leaves. They have uh, his order. The Salesians have a hospital there, um, and since he's kind of on this medical track, he's just like, "Well, I'll just stay here." Um, right. Especially if that's where they're sending people who are sick anyway. Mm-hmm. You might as well stay where the sick people are. Yep. Also, especially if you have already had tuberculosis, because I presume that means you probably won't get it again. I think so, yes. I think once you recover, you are good to go. Not totally positive, but I think so. As long as Um, you don't come across like a different strain, which I don't even know mm -hmm. if there are different strains, but. Yes. Okay. Uh, So he. Is in Viedma working at this hospital, and in March of 1903, um, one of the like head doctory guys at this hospital, who's a priest, um, this guy dies because he's old, and uh, since Artemides has been like kind of following him around and learning from him for the last couple of years, right. Artemides sort of takes over as the like head pharmacist. Um, for the hospital and then that kind of like grows and grows and grows until he's kind of just like the administrator of the hospital oh okay yeah (laughs) yeah so he just kind of climbs the he just climbs it yeah yeah he starts as like the manager of the pharmacy and then it just it gets bigger from there so he takes over the pharmacy in march of 1903 when he is 22 cool uh in january of 1908 he takes his first round of vows as a secular brother Okay. So he started in 1900, and he actually does it in 1908. Right. Um, but his defense, he took at least a year, if not two or three years, off for tuberculosis. <laughs> Having tuberculosis, yeah. <laughs> yep. So he's 27, he takes his first round of vows, um, and then he takes the final set of vows in 1911 when he's 30. Okay. 
Uh, and this whole time he's working as the pharmacist slash an administrator of this hospital. Right. Um, and he develops this daily routine that gets mentioned quite regularly. So I guess it must have been like a really big part of his personality that he sticks to his routine. He likes his routines. Um, yeah. And so they were saying that he consistently got up at about 4.30 a.m. Good Lord. And yeah. And would Awful. go to mass and then yeah. spend some time like quietly meditating by himself. Um, and then every day he'd ride his bike to work. Oh, Okay. And then he'd spend all day at the hospital, and then at night he'd go home and study, like, on his own for various things that he wanted to do. And then right. he'd go to bed at about 11. So he was getting, like, five-ish hours of sleep, which is not enough sleep. It's um, not enough sleep. <laughs> Although there are those people who, like... Just don't need as much sleep. Don't need as much sleep, yeah. Yeah, maybe, so maybe he's, he's one, one of those people. people. Maybe he spent enough time sleeping when he had tuberculosis. Yeah. Um, he's like, I'm good for the rest of my life. Yep. So he, uh, one of the things that he does in his regimented daily schedule is that for about four hours every day from two to 6 PM, he just like hangs out with the patients. Like he's not okay. doing medical rounds. Like he's not yeah. checking their medicine. He's just like hanging out to make sure they have someone to talk to and are like, are not yeah. lonely and you know, don't develop hopelessness. Right. Yeah. If you get yeah. really depressed, you're probably not going to do great. Yeah. Uh, healing anyway yeah so he spends a lot of time just like hanging out with them uh he also arranges regular bocce ball games on the ah. like grounds <laughs> bocce <laughs> yep how fun yeah so that's cute um and he follows the example like as he gets more powerful in this hospital structure and is like in charge of more and more things he yeah. follows his predecessor's example um, okay. his predecessor was the priest that he took over from he was a guy called father garon um, and Father Garon was very stringent about this being a charity hospital. And like, okay. even if somebody can't pay, we're still going to treat them, you know? Okay. Yeah. So Artemides follows that same principle. They never turn anyone away. Um, and the hospitals run almost entirely on charity donations. Um, right. Which is pretty good. Uh, so remember I said he was studying kind of on his own at night, doing his own stuff? Yes. Um, so in that time, he teaches himself Spanish. Okay, um, and he also, which I mean, is probably good if you're going to be treating Spanish people, people or Spanish-speaking people. Yeah, Venezuela. Yeah, Argentina. Argentina. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, another thing he does studying alone at night is that he gets himself a diploma in nursing, so he has like a real qualification. Uh, so that's good. Oh, I didn't yep. know that they. Well, this yeah, is like the either. 30s or something, right? No, uh, it's 20s. probably like the 10s. Probably okay. tens to twenties when he does that. Okay. Um, cool. He somehow avoids World War One, even yeah. though he'd be in his mid thirties, which I would think is prime World War One time. But it doesn't doesn't affect him. Were they? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe was that... maybe Argentina didn't send very many people to. I was World gonna War say, I was Argentina know. participating? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I kind of just assumed that everyone participated at some level, but maybe it yeah. wasn't. A, Maybe not so much South America, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Some nice things that some of the patients say about him. Um, People clearly really like him and they know everyone knows him to be like a really joyful and optimistic person and just like really upbeat to hang out with. Cool. Um, One person, one person says that um, he didn't believe in God until he met Dr. Zaddy. And so until he met Artemides. Yeah. Which is nice. That is nice. So um, what you're another... telling me is he was a vibe. Yes, apparently. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, another patient also said of him, um, 
that he was, quote, not only provider of medicine, but was himself a medicine for others by his presence, his songs, his voice. Aw. Unquote. Yeah. That's nice. So he's just like jamming in this hospital, really yeah. lifting spirits and stuff. So he's really got some hella good like bedside manner, basically. Yep. Yeah, baby, yep. Um, which I suspect is probably what that first priest when he was a teenager was like, you seem like you're good with people and you should yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should participate in this kind of stuff. Right. Um, so that's what he's doing. In 1913, he, so he takes over the pharmacy in 1903. And by 1913, he has risen up through the ranks of this hospital enough that he can have a new hospital built, like a new hospital building with updated equipment and stuff, you know? Cool. So they build this new hospital, um, which is in use through the 1940s. Wow. Um, In 1914, he earns his Argentine citizenship after being able to prove that he speaks Spanish. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Yep. And then in 1915, (laughs) he starts writing and publishing a Catholic newsletter called Flores del Campo, which is like distributed to the congregation and the wider community. Yeah. So he's got like a lot of things happening. He's got very busy days. So... Is this still the mountain town? Yes, he stays in Vietnam okay. for the rest of his life. Yep. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's basically, like, most of what he does in his life. He just runs this hospital um, and, you know, is interested in various things and reads books and, you know, betters himself and betters the people around him for the rest of his life. Um, there's not really anything super of note beyond doing a good job for the people of Vietnam. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, in July of 1950, when he is 79, oh, no, 69, oh, 69, sorry. Okay. <laughs> July of 1950, 69, he is on a roof doing repairs to a water Why? tank that's leaking. I don't know. Get somebody younger Why? to do it. But <laughs> Don't be on the roof. Oh my God. Um, but okay. so he's up there repairing a water tank um, and he falls off a ladder. He doesn't Ugh. fall off the roof. He falls off a ladder. Gross. Um, so yeah. he's in the hospital like recovering from the fall they don't say specifically what injuries he sustained but the fall doesn't kill him okay um, it well, seems like he guess. would recover from the fall uh-huh. um but while he's in the hospital uh the doctors notice that his skin is a weird color oh and then that in turn leads them to diagnosing him with liver cancer oh yeah Ooh, so it's kind good. of like a double-edged sword like it sucks yeah. to be diagnosed with liver cancer but like if he hadn't been in the hospital they might not have he noticed wouldn't it. have noticed it yeah probably. yeah so you know yikes um, okay and he unfortunately spends the rest of his life in the hospital he doesn't ever get strong enough to leave, leave. the cancer yeah. just like speeds up and gets worse right um so that's in July of 1950 that he enters the hospital. And then okay. on March 15th of 1951, so a little less than a year later, a year, yeah. he passes away from cancer. Liver cancer. Yeah. Cancer. Yeah. Uh, that's not great. 70 years old. Okay. Uh, he's buried at the Chapel of the Salesians there in their like congregation chapel thing um, okay. in Viedma, uh, which as far as I know is where his body still is because it was in 1951 and they don't move people so much anymore. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, he seems like a very nice man. He does. Uh, he seems like he was a good, a good medicine for his community and did a lot to help them out in like a yeah. quiet and like buckle down, do the work, help this yeah. little pocket kind of way, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so he is granted servant of God status pretty quickly. It's granted oh. in 1979. So what, a little less than 30 years after he died. Yeah. Um, and then... Ironically, um, 
After you're granted servant of God status, one of the next things they do is the next step is to go to venerable, right? That's the next one up. Right. Um, In order to get to venerable, you have to go through like a theological council and they have to decide that you do display like heroic virtues, you know? Yes. So they're going to do that for him and they approve his heroic virtues. The Vatican Council approves it on the day you were born. Oh. October 25th, 1996. Wow. Uh, they approve his heroic virtue. Hey. Um, and then he, his like formal mass to grant yeah. him venerable status is the following July in 1997. Okay. Shortly after that mass, although I don't know when exactly, uh, his first miracle occurs. Ooh, nice. So. Do we have info? <laughs> I have some info about this one. Oh, not nice. a ton, but not Damn. nothing. Um, okay. So there's some other member of his congregation of the Salesian congregation um, who gets really sick. I don't know where, because this is like a global congregation. So I don't know where this person is. Right. Um, I just know that they're a Salesian somewhere. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. but could so be get, literally anywhere. Yeah. Okay. It could be literally anywhere. Um, so they get really sick. Uh, they say that he has um, a severe polymicrobial infection resulting from complications of appendicitis leading to general sepsis. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. He has an appendicitis. It gets infected. Something goes terribly wrong. He has multiple infections simultaneously and they can't identify all of them. So they can't treat them all. Yeah. Um, And then it gets bad enough that he develops sepsis, which is really bad. That's really bad. Yes. Um, So this guy's very, very sick and he's going to die, right? Um, But they, uh, the, his community intercedes for him uh, via Artemides and this guy gets better and... That's a miracle. Yay. Okay. <laughs> yep. But that's that is a miracle that because that's real gross. Yes. Also, it was only in the 90s, so not that long ago, which is good. Yeah. Uh, good for miracle science. Right. Um, so he is, so that miracle happens in probably the mid to late 90s. I don't have the exact date. Um, okay. And then uh, Artemides is beatified in April of 2002 by John Paul II. Nice. And so now they have to wait around for a second miracle right before he can get elevated to a saint. Yeah. Um, so it takes about 15 years. But the second miracle occurs in August of 2016. Uh, and I do have more information about this one. Because it was only in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so this takes place in a little tiny town called San Vicente, uh, which is in the Philippines. Okay. It is on Luzon, which is the largest island of the Philippines. This little town is about 40 miles south of Manila, which is the capital. Um, yep. and it takes place in August of 2016. So there's cool. this guy. His name is Renato Narvaez, I think. He is 64, and he suffers a series of strokes. Not good. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and when he's, I believe after the second stroke, they're doing like scans of his head and stuff. Um, and they determine that he has having a brain bleed, like a brain hemorrhage. And there are clots in his brain. So bad. Um, and he, he's like losing his ability to talk and feed himself and chunks of good. his memory are like turning off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like he's getting, like he's deteriorating really quickly after these um, strokes. Right. And they, once they discover the brain bleed, they rush him to intensive care and they put him into an induced coma um, to try to reduce the strain on his brain, which is all bad. Um, And the doctors are like, we could try to do a surgery to try to fix the brain bleed, but like brain surgery is real dicey and dangerous and he's already kind of weak and he's not that young and like 
we can't guarantee that this is going to work. work and even anyway. if we don't kill him on the table, it might not actually improve him in- very much. Anyway, yeah. Um, so they're like, you know, we can try it if you want. It's up to you. Right. Um, on top of that, the surgery is also very expensive, as you can imagine. Yeah. A risky brain surgery is not a cheap, cheap. procedure. Yeah. Um, and so his family ultimately decides that... Um, I guess they have like a family history of strokes like this happened has happened. They've all had like everyone growing up has had their parents and their aunts and uncles have all died of strokes. Um, So they're very used to like how this progresses and like how people don't recover, you know? Yeah. And so his family decides that rather than putting him through this really risky brain surgery, which is unlikely to fix him. Yeah. But might make it worse. They're like, right. we're just going to take him home and you know, yeah. be with him and love him and try to make his yeah. last days comfortable and he'll just die peacefully at home. Right. So that's what the family decides to do. Okay. Um, Renato's brother is a is a guy named Obet, I think. don't know how to say that. Obet. Um, okay. And Obet is a Salesian brother. So he's a... Oh. A member of this Salesian yeah. congregation. Okay. Uh, and he is just like by coincidence, he's out of town. He's in Italy doing Salesian stuff. Oh. Okay. So they call him and are like, you know, Renato's really sick. Like he's going to be, he's going to pass away in the next couple of days, days probably. Yeah. Like you should come home. Yeah. Uh, so Obed flies home. And when he flies home, he suggests to the family that they should play, pray to Artemides. Okay. Um, because Artemides is like a yes. popular Salesian blessed. Right. Right. Yeah. And he would know because so he's Salesian. Yeah, he would know because he's Salesian. Salesian. Yep. He would know that. Okay. Yes. Cool. So he suggests that the family's like, yeah, sure. You know, the family's praying to yeah. um, Artemides and stuff. Uh, Renato is brought home from the hospital at 8 p.m. on August 21st. Okay. And he's very, very sick. At 10 p.m., yes. a priest administers last rites. Okay. So he's only yeah. home about two hours before they administer last rites. Right. It's at 10 p.m. And yeah. then 4 a.m. the next morning, he wakes up. He sits up, he removes his oxygen tube, and he asks the people sitting around with him to bring him some food. That's wild. <sighs> yeah. So he goes from last rites what? at 10 p.m. to need a snack at 4 a.m. the next morning. That's six hours. That is crazy. Yep. Um, so they get him some food. Within about an hour, he can walk unassisted. Oh, my God. So he, like, gets up out of bed, walking yeah. around, um, and basically makes a complete recovery. He's just fine. Like, it never happened. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that is, and That was 2016, you said? 2016, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the whole family, everybody's thrilled. This is great. Yeah. They had gone so far as they had... They had rearranged all the furniture in their house so they could fit a coffin in the living room for the visitation. Oh my god! Like they had already done that. Moved it, yeah. They had already purchased a burial plot. Like, yeah, they were ready for this person yeah. to be dead, and he's fine. Um, uh, okay, so like <laughs> multiple crazy things. So like in some other cases, like we've had a couple other modern, more modern miracles, mm-hmm. where like somebody's very sick and then they get better, and you're like, you know, in some of those, it's like. You know, they have a disease and it goes away and gets better, which occasionally happens with, like, you could explain that in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But the brain is notoriously not good at recovering from yeah, this. Yeah, this isn't a, um, this isn't like a foreign invader that needs to be removed from his body. It's right. like the body's already damaged and needs to yes. fix itself. Right. Yeah. And like, 
people do recover from strokes over like months and months and months of mm-hmm. physical therapy and st- occupational therapy and all that kind of stuff. But this was in like six hours. Yeah. He and goes he was from in a coma. medically induced coma on a breathing tube, going to be dead probably tonight, to he specifically, I think he asks for an omelet is what he asks for initially. <laughs> <That> <laughs> or like a Philippine is... egg thing that's like an omelet, which is funny. Yep. It's incredible. Insane. Yep. Okay. Uh, so the family's very happy, you know, everyone's thrilled. Yes. Um, eventually, <laughs> when they've decided that, like, his recovery is just permanent and he's fine and they can just yeah. go back to their normal daily life, um, Obet returns to Rome, right? He was in Rome before. Yeah. Um, so he just goes back to work in Rome. And in Rome, uh, he sort of, like, passes along this event to some of the authorities and, like, higher-ups in mm. his order and is like, hey, this weird yeah. thing happened. <laughs> uh, maybe should someone should look into it. Uh, and so basically... Uh, a Vatican council starts looking into this um, miracle basically immediately. Like by yeah, the end of 2016, yeah, yeah. they're looking into it. I mean, it helps when there's uh, a guy who was like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> I was like there, yeah. bro. <laughs> uh, so the initial inquiry runs from the end of 2016 until 2018. Uh, and they mm-hmm. like approve it. They're like, yeah, fine. Um, okay. A separate medical council is convened because they have to like prove that it's not. Right. Yeah. A medical, like a scientific explanation, right? Yep. Um, so the medical council eventually rules in July of 2021 that the recovery was unexplainable by science. Nice. Um, like they have no idea how this happened. Uh, yeah. And therefore meets the requirements of a miracle. Uh, and so then Mr. Artemides is canonized by Pope Francis on October 9th of 2022, making him the most oh. recent Catholic saint. Nice. Yeah. Um, I would love to see, like, like did that guy go back and like get more like mris and stuff of his brain oh uh, yeah i guess like... so i guess that's how the they actually some of the websites had the list of the medical council of like oh, who yeah. is on this council to decide and they're all they're all doctors they're not like oh, yeah. randos you know yeah um they all have medical degrees pathologists so i'm sure they got like follow neurosurgeons stuff. yeah kind of yeah so i mean it took them years so what were they doing right. they were looking yeah. at the scans and the stuff yeah i just also like the the council's one thing but like just like his doctor in the philippines the family comes yeah. back and is like oh he's fine and they're like i'm sorry what yeah. they're like <laughs> yeah, no he's, he's not fine. he's not yeah. he's like no i'm right here and they're just like i'm sorry yeah <laughs> what yeah uh yep that's crazy so his his official feast cool. day for most of the catholic church is march 15th okay um which i believe is yeah, it's the day he died, okay. um, so March 15th. And then the Salesians also have, like, a special day where yeah. they celebrate him on November 13th. Okay. Don't know why. Don't know why it's November 13th. Uh, his patronages, uh, he's a relatively new saint. He's very, well, he's the, the newest saint, so I don't know. <laughs> I was totally going to say he's not like, relatively new. He is new. <laughs> <laughs> he is, yes, in the list of thousands and thousands, for a brief period, he will be the newest saint. The new, um, yeah. So I don't know who decides modern patronages, but the internet seems to think that he's the patron of pharmacists and immigrants. Yeah. That's which checks good. out. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is Saint Artemides Zadi. And I think you should look at this picture of him because I think you will possibly will think the same thing I think. What a delightful man. I know. <laughs> Doesn't he look nice? <laughs> That is so funny. He looks like he plays bocce ball on the lawn. He does look like he plays bocce ball on the lawn. Yeah. Yeah. I like his, uh, his, his, that painting, that official painting. Cause they always do an official painting mm-hmm. when they're. Yeah, it is a nice painting. Beautiful. Or, uh, canonized. Mm-hmm. That's yep. fun. He seems like a nice man. He has a solid mustache. Oh. 
He does have a solid mustache. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the uh, the story of the newest Catholic saint, uh, who, huh. actually, in the grand scheme of things, being the newest saint for over a year is actually probably pretty uh, good. Because I imagine they get usually get replaced much more often than. That. <laughs> yeah, although I imagine, you know, I think it, it like it's going to slow down, you know, because like for yes. a while there, you're like catching up, being like, well, historically, this person and this person and this person and this person. Yeah, and also for a while, just anyone could be a saint. And you didn't have to do any checks. Yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then like, you know, a couple decades after World War Two, like all these people are going to be saints. Mm-hmm. All these people are going to be saints. But now, like, we've pretty much done all those ones that we need to catch up on, I feel like. So yeah. it's like you just got to wait for new stuff. Yeah, it seemed like there were uh like a decent number of canonizations in 2022 or 2023 2022 yeah 2022 seems like yeah they're like 12 or 15 yeah 12 in 2022 and then just none in 2023 i think it just works out that sometimes sometimes yeah. He just happened to have a couple of the committees end at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. It's the the Wikipedia page says that Pope Francis has canonized uh, nine hundred and eleven people during his pontificate. That's a lot. Except eight hundred and thirteen of those people are a single martyr group. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. I was gonna so say like what? <laughs> That's just they're like, like yeah, they're like one. Gotcha. Thing. They're one. They're a collective. Yeah. Yeah. They all got, they're all canonized together. They're not 1,813 different individuals. Yeah. Different sets of research and stuff. Yeah. 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 Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, Mr. Artemides was canonized in October of 2022. um, And at the same mass that they canonized him, they canonized another guy Hmm. um, who's also an Italian, uh, Italian guy. So those two, I guess, are the newest Catholic saints. I don't know which one they said first in the mass. I was so going to say, who's, who did they Not do first? Not entirely sure which one is first. I would guess that Zaddy was last because his last name starts Z? with a Z. So yeah. presumably they did them in alphabetical order. Maybe, yeah. In which case he is last. In which case he is so the newest. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Yeah. Yep. By like 20 minutes. Yep. Probably. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that was yeah. a delight. Thank you. Uh, love a good martyr, or a lo- not martyr, not martyr. <laughs> love a good uh, not martyr. miracle, modern miracle. Yes, uh, I do like the modern miracles. We so rarely get like actual yeah. information on the miracles. It's usually just like there was a healing. I know. It's like, no further information. <laughs> I really want there to yeah. be like a database from the Vatican that's just like here's the person, here's what they were made for, here's the person. Yes, there should be. I think the Vatican. I was thinking about this today that the Vatican needs a new webmaster oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yes for <laughs> sure they, Absolutely. websites haven't been updated since the 90s oh they're not great they need to hire they're, like a 20 year yep. old yeah. yeah they need to get like a 30 year old priest to just like get them a squarespace site yeah. and it's like come on make them a better come website <laughs> yeah it's like get this let's get this worked out guys yeah mm-hmm. so yeah um we will post some pictures yeah. of um artemides on our instagram the uh, handle is at martyr and monk um we will include this picture that me and christina were just looking at just now um and if you could do all the podcast things like rate, review subscribe uh on whichever platform you use that really helps us out uh and we will be back again in a couple of weeks to tell you about somebody else who definitely will not be from italy i will try very hard they won't be from italy (laughs) uh they won't be related to italy in any way is my hope okay (laughs) 
Okay. So long. All right. <laughs> Goodbye.